Blog Talk Radio. This is a revolutionary hoodoo, New Orleans hoodoo, speakers and recipes. Come on in, broadcasting live from the historic
Today is Monday, June 22nd, 2020, and you are now sitting live with me and always in archive at your leisure and convenience. I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum, universally from this working temple of the house of the divine prince, Thai Potion, Hoodoo Temple LLC in this legendary, beautiful, and most historic city in America, most enchanted city in America. Might not be quite the most historic, but indeed the most enchanted, and and some would say the most haunted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana, land of my ancestors, my ancestors, and those who came before me along this Hoodoo, Hoodoo, Obia life path and journey, passing down the great Obia stick along with the knowledge of the life-giving herbs, roots, plants, rituals, spirits, minerals, indeed the legacy, the culture, the traditions, our stories, our sacred stories. And I am presenting with you now, coming forward with you now, again, with another powerful edition of Revolutionary Hoodoo Loyalty Secrets and Recipes. I got so many things that I want to say, so many things I want to share things that are pressing to, to come to the forefront, I want to first acknowledge and thank those and show great appreciation and love and support to those who are indeed subscribing. Um, I'm just now getting my YouTube right where it can be subscribable, uh, but my Patreon is already in motion. I appreciate those who are already in the system, who've already donated into the system, and indeed who are helping me to work through and learn how to navigate the system. I need your feedback. I need your comments. I need you to let me know what you can see, what your experience is on your end of this virtual temple space, if you will, so that I can tweak it to the best of my ability to make it most usable, um, most applicable to our needs, to our desires, to our goals uh, in this virtual space. Indeed, the subscription pages are an extension of not just my live broadcast, though you can have uh, greater access to the live broadcast as well as the behind-the-scenes information, video clipping, photographs, ceremonies, et cetera, uh, when you do uh, subscribe. But it also gives me an opportunity to extend the learning space, the ELA, the temple, the home for, the space in which we initiate and learn and grow and evolve in these traditions to become great practitioners, great leaders, um, ministers, great Iyas, great Babaos, great Mambos, great Hogans, etc. I'm grateful for those who are already participating. I'm just as grateful, if not even more so, for those like Chef Bougie and, and a few others who are providing me with needed, reliable feedback about your experience in those locations, your experience within the subscription dynamics that are fix that, how I can tweak that for your uh, uh, ease and availability. Um, I do appreciate those who are with me on the phone lines. Eric, can you hear me or am I muted? Hello, blessings. Yes, I can hear you. Greetings. Who's calling and where are you calling from? This is Steve, and I'm calling from Georgia. Yes, how can I help you, beloved? What's your question of comment for us today? To you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so I would just 
is it okay if I just see what spirit says or what spirit, what messages spirit may have for me right now? Um, I'm not understanding. Are you calling for a reading? Oh, I thought that I was, I thought it was an open line. Uh, yes, yeah, open, it's an open line for, for spiritual to religion within the context of our show. But we do have a protocol. We do have rules as it relates to giving personal readings live on air. Um, and our group moderator, Keona D. Carter, can kind of help walk you through that. Um, we do ask for a donation if we're going to do a, a personal live reading on the air. Um, also, to be expected, there's going to be some 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 rules. Uh, this, there's a certain level of, of, of anonymity and and secrecy and, and privacy and, and, and control and professionalism that I afford, obviously, here in the temple faith, but also in, in terms of consultations off air. I can't control spirit on air. I just can't. So, so I can't always control what I might say. I can't always control how spirit might show up. I, I might not even be able to control what your ancestors and God the spirit um, might even suggest is um, important, um, a priority to be shared and discussed worldwide, because this is a, a global platform um, in, in this medium. So I, I do appreciate your calling in, and if indeed you are looking to be read live on air, um, we do have a process, uh, and we do ask that you send a $45 donation by way of my PayPal me. PayPal.me forward slash the divine prince. Carter is our, our moderator. She shared it in the chat. Uh, of course, it's going to send me an alert. The alert will show up in my email. I'll check my email while I'm here in, in the course of doing the show. And then, if you're, if you're willing, we'll move, we'll move right into, into your, your reading. Uh, but I, listen. I typically don't suggest first-time listeners jump in for a reading. I typically don't suggest people who've never listened to my show jump in for a reading. Uh, If you've never heard me, if you've never experienced me, if you don't understand how spirit might come through me, that might be problematic, huh, Kiona? And we've had spirit and ancestors just take over the show. Um, And well, that's what he wants. That. That's what he wants. So I don't want to talk him out of it because the experience, you know, could be life changing and something that he's needing. Steve, Stephen, did you see the link in the chat? This is Kiana. Hello, how are you? Hi. Yes, I did. I see it now. I did. I didn't know. Okay, I so if you just go ahead. No worries. No worries. We're we're here to help. Um, we are a, a a good tribe. But he was just. We were just giving you the disclaimer to let you know that. You know, once you do send a donation, um, and the the reading starts, is um, it it you have to be you're gonna be an open book, you know, and be willing to yes. accept what you hear. Yes, I'm a spiritualist myself. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Okay, okay. Well, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that that's a leak of information right there. <laughs> that's another one of my protocols. Don't leak information. Don't don't tell me who you are. Don't press upon me before I do a reading. Um, how you view things? Not if you're trying to get a response from spirit from me. Uh, honest, organic, direct 
connection to the channel. You just can't do that. In a private, professional setting, um, you have certain expectations. Some of them think it's a retail exchange, which indeed it's not. <laughs> We're operating in spirituality and religion here. But there are protocols. There are a certain level of professionalism that people expect when they are involving themselves in, in this sort of consultation. And so sacred space is critical. Typically, I say that at the beginning of every show, the creation of sacred space is critical to, to anything that you might ask, think, create, envision, because indeed the spirit realm is more real, more tangible, more evident than anything we can even envision, can even imagine in, in the physical space. And indeed, when you say loud, I, you know, to, I, I want a reading to the universe, but then you have all these eyes, all these ears, all these personalities, all these spirits. And yes, some of them are demons and some of them are jinn who are now zeroing in on you, zeroing in on your request. And so typically, this is done in sacred space. Typically, this is not done live on air. Typically, this isn't done on TV. Typically, this isn't done on radio. These are new modern evolutions in which we are now asking spirit to squeeze itself into. Um, this was directed by spirit, too, because I never intended to bring this up. <laughs> but this might just be the time to, uh, to do that. Uh, another pet peeve I have is people somehow scan through the entirety of my email response when it comes to readings and consultations. And those who have had that experience know that it's quite lengthy and wordy. But somehow they don't see anything in the body of that document until they get down to my PayPal, excuse me, not my PayPal, my Psychic World link. And then they to provide all of the services that I would normally provide in Hulu Central, House of the Divine Prince, right here in this space, in that Psychic World link, usually for, for $5, $10. And, and under three minutes, because whether you realize it or not, we have a little clock. It already lets me know how much time you've committed to. It already lets me know. So, so when you copy and paste four paragraphs of questions and then throw that in, 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 the, in the chat box, as soon as my light comes on, I block those callers. Some of you right now are in shock. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah, I blocked you. That's foolishness. <laughs> That's foolishness. And you really expect them to answer every question in your life. I had someone consult me yesterday, well, attempted to consult me for a three-minute reading to connect with her, her, her dead loved one, not her ancestors, her dead loved one. She didn't want to say who. She didn't want to say what. She didn't want to say for. She didn't want to say why come. Three minutes. So, so we're going to make an organic, natural, spiritual connection by way of technology, of course, while I'm feverishly typing away a response in under three minutes. It's not even logical. It, it, that don't even make sense. And in what space does the medium have to connect with spirit in three minutes? 
and type at the same time and maintain professional protocols and spelling and grammar and all that stuff that you all like to pick apart at the same time. You all are not being realistic about spirit. That, that's why I do these shows. You aren't being realistic about spirit. You aren't being realistic about magic. You aren't being realistic, realistic about Orisha. You aren't being realistic about voodoo. You aren't being realistic about witchcraft. You aren't being realistic about magic. And, and we're applying these, no offense to Disney World, but we're applying these comical, humorous, imaginary, creative elements to what is decades, centuries old sciences. And so allow your medium to connect within the medium that you're contacting them through. So it's ridiculous. That's so true. That's so true. Is Steve Steve still there? That's so true. Steve, are you still there? Are you, were you, were you prepared to move forward? Uh, I probably look at the protocols and everything first because I wasn't aware, but I apologize. Yeah, um, yeah, no, no need to apologize. I didn't know if you were, or if you were interested. That's why I posted it. Um, you know, you you are welcome. You you are more than welcome to to do it since you're on the line. And and, and again, all is in divine order. I don't suggest newcomers jump into a reading anyway. I don't suggest a newcomer find out that oh, he's a voodoo priest or he's a psychic reader or he's a spiritualist. Let me jump in and ask my question. And, and I appreciate that it was at the beginning of the show. I acknowledge you at the beginning of the show intentionally because I didn't want to then get into my subject matter, which is about invoking spirits of, of war okay, and, and warriorism, and, and then have someone call in in the middle of that with, uh, can you answer my personal questions about whatever that might be. So I think everything is in divine order. I, I do. Please, I, I, I do, <laughs> Kiona, allow things to be. I think as we share the information, share the protocol, share the, 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 the rules, people will continue to want live on, on air readings, but I think in a more organic um, timing. Um, I would say the same thing as it relates to initiation. Um, people who want to jump into an initiation, who want to train, who want to learn and study, you know, all the mysteries and secrets of, of voodoo, who, uh, Jay White, to use church language, who come with no Christian experience, <laughs> who come with no ATR experience. Um, I'm slowing down all of that. Listen, this season to sit and, and, and reflect and connect with spirit and to feed ancestors has been very powerful for me as well as for many of you uh, under the sound of my voice. And I'm, I'm making adjustments. I'm making adjustments. I'm making adjustments for the hoodoo, the voodoo, that's going to survive the pandemic, that's going to survive the pop cultural interest in it for today and for right now. I, I'm planning for the next generation. You've heard me say that before. And then the next generation after that who's going to take an interest in African-based traditional systems, who's going to take an interest in spiritual religion from an African context. And I've even heard, yeah, I've heard that some people even have a problem with that. 
that somehow I shouldn't invoke ancestors in connection with voodoo. But but where did it come from? Who created it? Who birthed it? Who gave us the demonstration therefore? How do we remove the culture, remove the practice, remove the magic, and then ignore the people? I, I don't get that. And it's something that we've done globally, not just here in the U.S., not just in the U.K., globally for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years now. And that's one of the things that I would hope for in this spirit of warriorism, in, in, in the middle of this battle that, that we are indeed in right now, not just with the corona, but, but this battle over white supremacy, racism, liberty, and what liberty really looks like, and how liberty really manifests. This is the time to do that work. And that includes this. That includes this. Some of you have heard me say it in the most recent, and I'm dead serious. I'm giving up for reading. Y'all can have it. All my spiritual listeners and practitioners, and y'all can have it. But thank you very much. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm moving forward in the demonstration of that, which is ATR. And I don't want to be an example of, well, I can dibble a little bit in this and I can dibble a little bit in that. I don't want to be that example. And, and though I do not believe that I ever have been, I don't want to be that example. I don't want anyone to use, well, Frisky Tarot as an excuse for the continued watering down, bastardizing, appropriating of anyone's tradition, anyone's tradition. I don't actively use I Ching. I Ching. You say tomato, I say tomato. I don't actively use I Ching in my ministry. I am curious about it personally. I utilize it personally on the occasion, but it's not a part of my ministry. It's not a part of my platform. It's not in that list of things that, that's on my website of things that we do and offer here. And, and I am getting more clear about that as spirit makes that more clear for me, particularly in this spirit of, of today. Somebody said we were post-racial five years ago. I, I don't know if I believe that. But somebody said we were post-racial, you know, 10 years ago. And now we're battling the same things that my mother's generation battled, my grandmother's generation battled, her grandmother's generation battled. And so the one thing that we haven't tried, because we've tried politics, we've tried religion, we've tried education, we've tried economics to some degree, absolutely. But for some reason, we try everything except the gods and gods of our and goddesses of our ancestors, the ways of our ancestors, what great grandmama believed that brought her through, that brought us through. Just compare the conditions that they survived under, that they thrived under, that they had to move through to get from point A to point B. And today we have all this luxury at our fingertips, all this technology at our fingertips, all these devices at our fingertips. This, this worldwide web of information, but somehow we can't survive a little storm, a little rain, a few tree, leaves dropping off, off the tree seasonally. My regular listeners know I refer to all of this as weather. There's the things we complain about, the things we moan and groan about. 
weather, weather, having a front of me. That's weather. That, that, that's a natural component to life. It's not an action worthy of invoking a spirit of war for. Racism is worth invoking the spirit of war for. White supremacy is worth invoking the spirit of war for. Young children and black men and women being slaughtered in the streets in, in, in the name of policing is, is a desire and a need for invoking spirits of war and, and spirits of warriorism. Now, indeed, there's the spirits that we know, Ogu, Ochozi, you know, many of us know that that's part of the, the Orisha romance, if you will. But Sofo and, and Bade, not so commonly referenced, not so commonly known. Spirits that stood up during of enslavement, particularly in, in Haitian, Voodoo, and Louisiana, or, or Creolized Voodoo to some degree. Uh, spirits that we only, like Greece, only associate with slavery, with warring, with protection and, and defense. And indeed, there are many reasons in which to invoke a spirit of war, but also to empower one. The first and probably the most important would be righteous indignation. These spirits that come to bring retribution, that come to bring balance, that come to bring protection in egregious scenarios that we can't find defense for ourselves, we can't find justice for ourselves. Uh, again, some of the more modernized warriors and warriorism, and even indeed doing battle, don't really come into play when, we, when we're invoking such powerful and indeed dangerous loa. Uh, many Haitians would strongly suggest against some of these deities. Many Haitian voodoo practitioners would strongly speak against utilizing, tapping into accessing, invoking many of these petro-like forces if you're not prepared to feed them, placate them, bring balance to them, reward them, indeed make the appropriate sacrifices wherever that be given. And, and in almost every case scenario, there are very few that I can think of right now in terms of invoking uh, a war-like deity or war spirit that don't require blood, that don't require uh, the offering of, of a sacrifice. There is indeed no vegan terror in voodoo. I said I was going to do a show uh, titled that one day. There's no vegan voodoo. There's no vegetarian voodoo. Um, that's a figment of the pop cultural imagination. You indeed can't draw, can't create, can't invoke some of the most authentic of these powers without blood. Blood is still a very controversial topic uh, in the Western world, uh, in, the, in the modern world, with all of our Popeyes and Kentucky Fried Chickens and grocery marts and butcher shops. And, but we still have a, a real sensibility to, to blood, uh, which is striking to me uh, because even in the conversation of sacrifice of offerings of birds, chickens, goats, pigs, if you will, in, in voodoo. I know this is not going to be popular. It, it doesn't even come compare. It doesn't even compare or come close to the digestion of a body. 
even even the suggestion of the eating of a body. And you do realize that that's communion. That's that's what you're doing, right? The blood and the body, right? Yeah, I know crackers and grape juice. I know. I know some of the, the Catholic churches are still using wine, you know, uh, but it's, it's the blood and the body, right? Which, in my dictionary, in my modern dictionary, smacks of cannibalism. There's no cannibalism in Buddhism. There's no symbolic element of cannibalism in that regard in Buddhism. We eat the ancestors' eat. And when we are possessed, when we invoke Loa, the Loa eat, the Loa drink. And again, chicken, hen, guinea fowl, <laughs> you know, lamb, goat. No one's talking about partaking of the, the body and blood of a, of a cadaver. So there are many God spells. There are many levels uh, to the brainwashing and to the programming of how we've been induced to see and view not just God, but then angels, Loa, Orisha, spirit. Some church-going folks say it ain't no angels, ain't no Orisha, ain't no Loa. It's only God. Your, your Islamic community says it's only God, it's only Allah, and that's it. But then when we read, well, where did jinn come from? Where did angels come from? And how then can Lucifer be, Lucifer be this created angel who then falls to earth to become this satanic being, satanic deity, satanic force, uh, often described as almost all-powerful, you know, how then can that, can that be? There are too many God spells. There are too many misrepresentations. There are many, too many misprograms that are set up and created in religion, in spirituality, even in magic, to keep us weak, to keep us in our flesh, and to keep us in our lower form. So often when invoking spirits of war, spirits of warriorism, the first motivation should be a righteous one serious, righteous, and egregious events that require some level of divine retribution higher than just ourselves, higher than just humanity in some cases, higher than that than just the individual within the context of, of the community. Uh, it draws to mind the ancestral guard of West Africa, if you will, not just the Egungungs and the Galade uh, uh, masquerade. But but some of the other forms of ancestral guards that stand up in West Africa that once upon a time would have represented the judicial system, the police force, the government, if you will, would have represented the community and would have then taken action to bring correction when people do wrong, when people would kill, when people would violate or mutilate. And so this new concept of, of policing, which we're hearing a great deal of right now in, in, in media, um, it's, it's driven out of, it's, it's birthed out of enslavement. Um, it's not akin to old world 
uh, uh, policing. It's not akin to how the indigenous folk policed themselves, ruled themselves, held each other uh, uh, to, to accountability. Uh, for those who are familiar with the story, your, your slave catchers and your patty rollers, you know, primary role was to recapture black people and return them into enslavement, righteously or, or, or not, having committed any kind of crime or not. Not that I can even envision a crime, you know, as a slave, but just because you were black. And the police forces that we now know today, the governance that we now live under today, is rooted in that foundation, rooted in that tradition. The police has never been about protecting us, has never been about shielding us, but shielding the, the rights and, and, and properties of white people and rich, wealthy people and, and the upwardly mobile people in our society, and to some degree keeping us separate and separated, not just at the physical level, Los Angeles, Chicago, but, but even at the mental level. Many black people live in a, in a state today where it's hard to get in a car and not think about the police. It's hard not to feel some kind of way if the police pulls up behind you. Even if you haven't had a, a whole lot of problems with the police. I haven't had a whole lot of problems with the police. I've had two incidences with the police my entire life. One back in the 80s, back in L.A., totally ugly deal, and once in Denver, Colorado, back in the 90s, totally ugly, ugly deal. But I can turn on my TV, I can turn on my news, I can listen to my neighbors, I can listen to my friends, my families, my cousins, my nephews, my nieces, my uncles, my aunts, and hear about this fear every day, to hear about this anxiety every day. Invoking warlike spirits because you don't like somebody or somebody don't like you or, or, or the two of you in competition for the same man or, or the same foolishness. These are not righteous in indignation. These are not righteous causes by which we would invoke an old goose. These are not righteous causes by which we would invoke in, in Oshosi or, or Sokbo and, and Bade. Indeed, we live now in, in a time in existence for real root magic to stand up and, and take its rightful place and, and to give demonstration to. All you've got to do is document and record, but, but immobilize your forces, immobilize your power to, to much more righteous charges in this, in this vein. I've also been doing a, a series of videos for my Patreon subscribers, which I've been finding to be very therapeutic for me in that they forced me to, uh, even after doing all this talking every day, um, to talk even more uh, and in a depth that often I don't do on the show about utilizing of herbs, plants, roots, <laughs> appropriate applications of, of those. Uh, and particularly now in, in this environment of revolution and, and civil rights and protest and marching and demonstration and, and war and rumors of war, um, I've really been thinking about um, and constructing for my Patreon subscribers um, herb, herb concoctions and, and, and teas and baths 
and, and floor washes and, and lotions and potions and whatnot that speak directly to the need of today. Um, not just health, wellness, empowerment, you know, losing weight, gaining weight, you know, clearing up your skin, all those other things that people uh, think about. But how then do we prepare ourselves, protect ourselves, inward and out, even down to our diet for the times that we exist in and for the probabilities that still swirl around us? I know some of you have pulled back on me during this food shortage, during this uh, high-priced food season. I know some of you have readjusted uh, how much water you're drinking. I know some of you are are um, reconsidering what herbal teas you're you're drinking every day that give you what you need to fight and to battle um, and to move forward, particularly right now in, in this season that we exist in. I've been using a lot of roses here lately. Uh, for those who, who don't know, roses are not only edible, but they're usable in your magic, they're us- usable in your bath, they, they're usable in your sachets and your, and your, uh, uh, your grigri bags and, and, and your potpourri and, and your skin care. Uh, there's an abundance of usages for uh, just roses uh, themselves. And you've heard me say before in previous shows, I typically don't favor gardening anything that's not edible, that's not edible, usable, uh, applicable within the constraints of of voodoo and and ritual work. But typically, if you start at the basic level, you're going to start with five, ten, a dozen or more edible plants that can be both eaten, made, and cooked into food, but then applied in, in your root work, in your ritual work, in, in your conjure. Keon, are you still with me? Let me check my phone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still here with you. I'm just listening. I see we're not having too many problems with the phone lines today. At 845-277-9143, do press the number one on your telephone keypad when you're ready with your questions comment or request, I'll be more than happy to assist you. And by all means, if you are seeking an on-air reading or consultation, please do submit your offering and donation by way of the PayPal link. Uh, You can even include your your question or or give me some heads up uh, in that. That will show up in my uh, email. And usually I can click on that without much distraction while the show is going on um, and then meet you uh, on the phone lines. Greetings, Crystal Lynn Witt. Greetings, beloved. Greetings. I have a question. Yes, come on in. Okay. So we were talking about invoking the um, warrior spirits and the patois um, energies for um, certain reasons, right? And I had to check myself on the situation, um, two situations. I'm still, I still haven't forgiven the people for it, um, but I almost did um, want to seek revenge, but I didn't because I had to realize the part that I played in it, and um, it mm-hmm. was pertaining to business, and I felt wronged. You know, I didn't want to look at it from a victim standpoint, but I was, I'm still angry, like I'm still hot, but I, I, um, 
had to fight it. And like a lot of times I still have to fight it. So I really want to go to battle because I'm like, they haven't come back and right their wrongs. They haven't, they just, they don't care, you know? And so I'm glad that you mentioned that because I didn't want anything to boomerang back on me, which it will, if I'm not, if my hands aren't clean. Mm-hmm. If I'm that's not right. doing it the right that's, way Yeah, that's right That's a very important point uh, Even if you are familiar with the magical book And you look at Psalms, for instance Or even Proverbs But probably more importantly, Psalms And you and you read through those battle chapters You know, protect me, defend me against my enemy Protect me, defend me against those who would do me harm Protect me, defend me against those who would, you know, uh, create uh, false injustice against me or, or, or whatever the wording might be. But often within the confines of those same passages are, and typically they start with, Lord, check me first. Lord, make sure my hands are clean first. Make sure I didn't encroach first. Make sure I didn't set up for this first. And that is the mark of spiritual maturity, Keon, is when you're able to think in those terms, look in those terms, even some of the things that we, we, we take for granted as just weather, as just stuff that just happened. You know, we, we still don't often get into our, our grown folks, you know, underwear and, and think from a more mature perspective of what does this have to do with my lesson? What does this have to do with my learning? What does this have to do with my journey? It, it's not always um, where did I go wrong? It's not always self-judgment. It's not always, you know, man, I, I messed up. You know, sometimes it's, it's, it's embracing the power of the blessing, even in the challenge. That's why I say all of the blessings, even in the crossroads, even in the battle. And yet, um, I hear you. I, I do get a lot of requests about retribution and, and revenge, um, and people don't often look at what role they played. Um, to give an example without going into details, um, seeking grief, seeking reward where, where you didn't earn it, seeking reward where it wasn't owed to you, you know, uh, and then being mad at the other person that's involved, you know, because they cheated you out of a couple dollars on the cheat that you all were going to do on the next person, you know, that kind of thinking is stuff that gets stuck in my craw and gets me worked up about this modern day, present day, I should say, not modern day, present day witchery that, that's going on in, in these circles, in our circles, in our peer group, on your Twitter page, on your Facebook page, on your Instagram page. Just look at those who are around you who say that they're representing ATR. They say that they're claiming Orisha, that say that they're claiming Loa, and just pay attention to what they say, to what they talk about, to what's of interest to them, what they take joy in, to what they take pleasure in. And see, that's the mindset that people typically don't think about when they go into these spells, when they go into these curses, when they go into this ritual work, in terms of stuff that has karmic attachment to it that can then come back to haunt you. When were you not so forgiving? When did you take more than mm. your share? 
you know, that, that, uh. that kind of thing a mature person has to take before they start laying down tricks and hexes and, and going after people talking about I'm working this powerful black magic. And I'm even more alarmed by the, the I don't even want to call them practitioners, but the fake representatives, you know, of this kind of work who are just waiting 24 hours a day to do that kind of work, that, that kind of bidding. Uh, some of you have had a chance to see the most recent production we did on the Travel Channel. Um, and it's my understanding that it's still airing, it's still re-airing um, between now and, and, and late as July 11th. This show is going to repeat. So whether you've got cable, dish, internet, uh, I need you to Google or YouTube search Buried World. Buried World by Don Wildman. Uh, it's an ongoing spiritual, supernatural, geographical-based program uh, that's been on uh, for some time now. Uh, they're in a new season, and one or two authors listed this episode, season one episode, as Voodoo's Dark Magic. And I want you to listen to what Denise Augustine, some of y'all know that's my best friend. It's also uh, the, the owner-operator of Our Sacred Stories, and, and, we, and we work together by way of our Tour Plus, tour plus, uh, plus Extra, Plus More, Plus Demonstration, Tour Plus service we offer. Uh, and she talks about, at the very beginning of her piece, when she's standing there on the bridge, you know, over, over St. John Bayou, uh, where many ritualistic services have been done and performed in the black community uh, for a very long time, uh, centuries, if you will. And she talked about practitioners and voodoo priests whose primary goal, whose primary source is dark magic, is negative magic, is hurting people magic is binding people magic, is taking from people magic, is, is gaining access to what you don't deserve or what you didn't work for, you know, type of, of magic. And, and I thought that, that was very important for her to bring up in the context of what's being discussed uh, on the show. I won't go a whole lot into it. I don't want to give it all away for those of you who still haven't seen it. Uh, I think that's important in connection to what uh, Keona just said that that we're just too quick to forget about our intentions, our values, our integrity. And I like to say, somebody said it: integrity is what you do when people are not watching you. Integrity is what you do when people can't hear you, can't see you, don't know you're throwing rocks and hiding your hands, don't know you're setting out to set up roadblocks and stumbling blocks for others. Along their journey, their personal journey, their career journey, their performance journey, whatever the journey is, you know, that's where your integrity is, is really being checked by not just karmic law in the universe, but indeed by, by your ancestors who have the front row seat, who, who science now says ancestral memory survives in your DNA, survives in your blood. So these secrets don't pass away with you. These secrets don't stay hidden, you know, and, and woo, you know, you passed on and now it's safe. No, that stuff still 
resurges and resurfaces, you know, in your children, in your grandchildren, in, in your communities, in our neighborhoods. So I'm, I'm. You dig one grave, again. you got to dig too, because it's gonna boomerang. When they send those jabs, to pe- when they uh, create those jabs and put people in jars and coffins, and they send the the uh, then tranquil spirits after a loved one, and these, I mean, people are coming up in real bad car wrecks, paralyzed, losing their jobs because they don't want to be with you. Are you for real? You are having these demons, these hot spirits that are coming out for people because they want somebody else. No, if somebody don't want you, if so many people in this world get somebody else, because guess what? That person gonna come to you in their wheelchair, and now you gotta change back. Now you got somebody. Oh, now they with you, but now they're disabled. Now they with you, mm-hmm. and they're they're totally dependent upon you because you caused this to happen to them. And Steph B, I'm I'm, I'm going to answer your question. I, I just needed a moment to get to it. Um, for first, I'm going to ask a question that I really don't expect you to answer. It's really not our business. But where do you live? What city are you talking about? Um, I have, and, and hey, mom, greetings, greetings. Thanks for coming in. Um, I've lived all over the country. I, I, I've seen many a city, many a suburb, many a country, many a rural area within the confines of this U.S. of A. Um, you'd be surprised what's going on in the city, beloved, Steph B. <laughs> you'd be surprised what's happening in the city, boo. And, and, and as long as people have carriers, dog carriers, animal carriers, bird carriers, yeah, it's going on in, in, in the city of Atlanta. It's, it's going on in, in, in Philadelphia. It's going on in Chicago. It's going on in D.C. Now, I think the other component to your question is it's not for everybody to do if you have not earned the night, if you have not received the ceremony that gives you the right and the respect to, to wield the night, it's not for you to do. It's not for everybody to do. And, and that's where that hierarchy of practitioners comes into play. Your Ianifa, your Babalao, indeed the qualified person who has received the night within the tradition where where uh, 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 a Risha priest, a Hogan, a Mambo, with some experience behind them comes in. These things are often done in a ceremonial environment. Um, I've witnessed ceremonies where as many as 40 illegals were fed at once. Legitimate ceremonies, by the way. Uh, uh, Araba Elababoon. Some of you all are familiar with Araba Elababoon from, from Oshobo, Nigeria. Came here, Congo Square, Golden Feather, and, and at least 40 were fed in that day. So that's the importance of not only having godparents, elders, mentorship, but also an active connection to the community, a legitimate connection to the community by which these services and, and rituals are carried out. Uh, that's one of the benefits of having a godparent, godparent being a part of a, a legitimate house is having access to a greater community of people to provide services 
to provide specialized services that typically everyone is not gifted with or privy to. Every practitioner does not do everything under the sun within a tradition. There is no singly operating independent practitioner. There is no singly independent operating Lukumi practitioner or, or Ifa practitioner or a voodoo practitioner. There are going to be people who carry certain spirits, certain powers, certain loa, certain gifts, certain skills. And then those skills, if you will, are resourced out into the community, are, are, are resourced out w- within your, your circle. Of, of friends and practitioners. Yeah, that crackers in, in yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Crystal Lynn Witt, that, that's great. Uh, I have some godchildren that are making their own Florida water. Absolutely, their own lavender water, their own rose water, elderberry water. There's just so many levels to authentic ATR practice that we all have an opportunity to grow and expand your particular talent, your particular gift. Uh, the problem is everybody wants to be big witch queen, God almighty, you know, and, and want to do everything or claim to do everything. And usually that's about finances. Usually that's about money. Usually that's about economy. Um, usually that's about not allowing other people in the community to, to share uh, in, in the bounty that is a real lively ATR celebration and ceremony uh, where there's food and drink uh, for everyone. One of the things that I found most impressive about the Haitian community here in New Orleans, um, and, and Papa Fonfon, may he, may he rest in, in, in it. Um, we would have those ceremonies sometimes all night, sometimes all weekend, and there will be food. Those cooks would cook. You know, those, those who brought the produce brought the produce. The, the college, the college, and the cabbage and the kale greens. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> those, you know, and and those who brought the tobacco products brought the tobacco products, and those who brought the liquor products brought the liquor products. And those ceremonies were self-sustaining, self-sufficient if you will, in a way that we don't even see demonstrated in these churches, in a way that we don't even see often demonstrated uh, in the mosque, uh, you know, where they might sit around the often plate, you know, a time or two, but but you're lucky to get a, a cup of water, you know, and a plate of food, you know, uh, let alone access to other services, access to other resources. So, um, yeah, it, it happens, beloved, even in the city. It does definitely even happen, but city. she's mentioned that spirit has led her to work on her own. I'm sorry. She says that spirit has led her to work on her own, and I type it in the chat. ATR is about community. This is about us working together. This is this solidarity and working by yourself. That's not what ATR is about. We have a whole tribe and a whole community and we all eat. We all drink. If one of us is sick, we come together to make sure that we're good. So um, I don't want her to have that impression that that's what this is about because we're about community in ATR. Yeah. 
and let me be clear, that ain't a black thing. That's a global, the only people who now operate in sort of that self-autonomous vein are Westerners, Westerners. Whether you be Americans or from the UK or you could be from Japan, but if you're a Westerner, and I think you know what we mean by a Westerner, it's only in the context of that culture that people are me, myself, and I oriented. That all I need is me. I don't need my elders. I don't need. I don't need my community. I don't need the person to my left, the person to my my right. That's not indigenous to any world culture. European, Asian, Latin, uh, Hispanic, African, indigenous anywhere in the world. So I think it's even without personalizing it. I even think it's a condition of Western culture. Um, and we convince ourselves into thinking it's a good thing or it's okay to be self-sufficient. It's okay not to, to need and, and rely on, on this person. Um, but, but that's not the way the creators created it. That's not the no. way the planet And, and the spirit, they don't know you if you're not initiated. No, unless, I mean, it could be a spirit, but not any spirit on this path is going to tell you that you belong to them and work to them. That's not how they talk. So that's why stuff is important to get initiated and get in the right house so you can know. I mean, even from the magical book, you know, when it says the sheep know my voice, you have to know who's calling you. You have to know what they're saying. They have characteristics. They have traits. So they're telling you to go by yourself and you belong to them. That's not ATR. That's not ATR. They, 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 They wouldn't have told you that. That sounds like a demon. Now, now, I don't know if your opinion or if you're reading her words, because I, I don't have that in front of me right now, but you're describing something more of a jinn or a demon that requires isolation, that requires separation. Oh, no, that's what she said. She said that um, she said that she had stepped away from her mentor, because, and her mentor never did um, sacrificial offerings. And she um and she says the spirit had led led her to work independently for now, and they said that she answers to them, LOL. And I was like, no, I mean, a, a spirit said that, but not not on this path. They 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 don't even act like that. Yeah, that's that's scary, beloved. Re- uh, Rebecca Bark, how can I get involved in Haitian voodoo and community in Los Angeles? That's a great question. Now. I was in Los Angeles a little more than a year ago to film To Tell the Truth TV show Anthony about voodoo. And the tall guy in the picture, sometimes I use the picture here on this platform, the taller, bald-headed guy in the picture is Haitian himself. Uh, He's an actor uh, playing an actor, playing, you know, obviously that role on the show. Uh, but he is from Haiti. And what I've come to, to know and understand, even from my own decade or more of time that I lived in Los Angeles, you have got to go out into the community. And particularly with Haitians, even to some degree, uh, most communities south of the border are going to be very Christianized on the outside. Christianized on the surface. And if they don't trust you, feel some sense of comfortability with you, 
they may never let that guard down. They may never allow you past that. And so you may be meeting Haitians in Los Angeles who, you know, claiming Catholicism or, or claiming Christianity and tell you, oh, no, we don't do the they don't have any involvement. But I know from my own personal experience that almost any ethnic ACR community that you can envision, they exist in California. Um, but getting to know them, getting past that comfort zone it, is not always the easiest thing to do, um, particularly in states outside of Mississippi, Louisiana, Florida, uh, you know, where the idea of, of sacrifice and ritual and, and traditional uh, ways of going about these, these practices have already been to the Supreme Court, have already been battled, you know, legally. And so there's sort of a, a, a place established for that to happen. Uh, now, you're talking about a very big and vegetarian green state, <laughs> California. Um, so, again, getting into that community, meeting that community, that's going to allow you access to that might be challenging. And, and it's going to require some effort on your part. I also believe that that's a part of the test of spirit if you will, um, how difficult is, is it for you and how easily do you give up? I, I think that's a test from spirit. I, I do, from God, from spirit, from the ancestors. Again, in this modern context, many of us give up way too easy. Some of you, if you ain't seeing results on that diet in two days, you're done. If you're not seeing results on that diet in two weeks, you're done. You know, so, so the idea of patience and endurance and discipline, again, even in a Western context, it's very hard for us to imagine compared to a Haitian, a Nigerian, a Ghanaian, a Puerto Rican, you know, an American from the rural area. Um, so they're there, even in Los Angeles. I know that to be if you want it bad enough, you'll make an excuse or you'll make a way. If people that have traveled to this house, I'm in Los Angeles, and their community is around, but I'm called to this house. I'm I'm serving in this house, you know. So if people that have traveled, you know, from other countries, you know, and stayed under your roof, you know, that's a part of this tribe. So if you want it, you'll find a way or you'll make an excuse. If people that have oh, gone yeah. to Africa... You know, and and not get scammed in Africa, but have gone under the right authentic spiritualist, and they've done it. And it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to just have a ceremony. It's a process. But people want to, you know, uh, get, you know, I'm going to be a spiritualist or a reader overnight. And it was like, you could practice these traditions 400 years, and you still won't even scratch the surface. And they will test you. No. I don't care if you're talking about the Cubans. I don't care if you're talking about the Brazilians. I don't care if you're talking about the Haitians. They're going to test you or the Nigerians. And, and they're going to see how long you, you endure, to what extent you, you have patience, to what extent you're willing to do for spirit, for loa, for the community, for the ancestors, before they begin to, to gift you, gift you information. Um, one of the things that endeared many black people, many people of color from around the world to me, um, was 
somehow they saw me as being different than. Well, you're not like those black people. You're not like those African-American people, you know, that we see or that we hear, you know. They just don't envision that we care that much. They just don't envision that we want to live this that much. And when they see TV, when they see Facebook, when they see Instagram, they see designer labels, they see designer food, they see Western culture and traditions, even among people who practice ATR, and they believe that to be superior. They believe that to be our primary focus, and that then to become their primary focus. So they're very surprised to know that any African Americans that desire Lowa, that, that desire Orisha that much. Because we're thinking, oh, well, we desire low But they're thinking, do you desire this lifestyle that accompanies low Do you desire this lifestyle that accompanies housing chickens, raising up goats and, and housing them? I mean, I mean, there's a whole other lifestyle uh, step that absolutely goes along with taking responsibility for not just your <clears throat> your elbows, but your plants, your herbs. You know, I've got godchildren who live in the city. Up north, who got gardens on their on their roofs, who got gardens on their on their balconies, who got gardens in their communities, who got gardens in, in pots and, and bales. You you gotta create your sacred space where you are, where you are. A common question I get is, you know, I live in this state, can I can I get it where I am? I live in this country, can I get it where where I am? I'm in this city. Do I have to travel all the way? No, you don't have to travel, not unless you want to, you know, and maybe once or twice a year, you know. But you can absorb this where you are, but you've got to first repatriate in the mind. Rosses back in the day, back in the 70s, that, that was a common thread, repatriation, returning to the motherland. But we now know that that's not just physically. All of us ain't going to make it to Cuba. All of us ain't going to make it to Brazil. All of us ain't going to make it to Haiti. All of us ain't going to make it to Ghana. All of us ain't going to make it to Nigeria. All of us ain't going to make it to Egypt. And that does not lessen our ability to connect authentically with these cultures, these practices, our people, these people, wherever we are in the world. I'm grateful for you all being present with me. I'm trying to scroll down and cover my, my chat. I don't want to miss any of my comments or my questions. I am going to be moving forward momentarily. <laughs> so if you want to hit me up at area code uh, 845-277-9143, you got a couple of more moments to do so. You can also type your question, comment, or request in capital letters if you can here in the chat. Uh, Keona will help me to see it and, and clear and, and, and be clear about what I need to respond to. Yeah, I will be careful, Steph. And, and listen, you can indeed work by yourself, but you can't do everything. You still can't do everything. And so you still really need, you know, um, some strong mentors uh, in the tradition sort of help you along. I also get the sense that, um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that your lineage is not clear. 
Um, lineage is, is critical to how we operate in these traditions. And so knowing your lineage, who you are, who your people are, where you came from, is important, even if the uh, social media talking heads like to pretend that it's not. <laughs> and I say that because I know you listen. <laughs> and I know you listen to me because you repeat back almost everything that I say. Uh, and, yeah, lineage matters. Ancestry matters. Practicing a tradition outside your the context of, of who you are and where you're from absolutely matters. And it doesn't mean that people can't cross-culture, cross-reference, you know, cross-breed plants, you know. It doesn't mean that there's not a way that things can be done officially, traditionally, you know, realistically. But, no, it, it makes no sense to assume that I can just claim someone else's birthright, someone else's Lydia, yeah, I hope you look at that last question real fast. I am so sorry, but this is a 911. Could you please go down to the last question? Skip over everybody else's comments. Don't I'm sorry. Because those comments were like an hour ago. Because <laughs> this is a good one. Okay, this is a good one. Just say 112. Crystal Lynn's with comment has 112 p.m. on it. And my clock at one one thirteen. No, so not hers. Hers is the most recent. I'm saying the ones that we were on were like an hour ago. Where? I'm not seeing that. Um, no, you said I wanted you to skip over the other ones, and I was saying if those other ones that I was asking you to um, skip over were a while ago, oh, not okay. hers. Crystal, mm-hmm. your question is loaded. Your question is loaded. It's, it's in what you say and it's in what you did not say. It's in how you worded your question. So, see, how your question is worded suggests that you're not practicing ATR. Just as we suggested to the nice young brown girl, you can't practice this without godparents. You can't practice this without an Ianifa and a Babalao, a Mambo and a Hogan, not authentically. So, your question is loaded. Your question is loaded. Now, in terms of participating in the community, that has everything to do with where you live. Um, again, just as I, I offered with Seth, what state are you in? What city do you live in? You can indeed find this culture, this practice, these traditions in, in many of the major cities. Now, Again, your question is loaded. If the question is, I'm finding it difficult to get into these communities, that's going to be a problem. Some of these communities are not going to open you, allow you in with open arms. Many of these communities are not going to allow you in without validating your lineage, validating your background. Now, it's easy to say I'm a white woman, but where's your DNA? Where's that that paperwork that that says that? I I don't think that anyone is any one thing in America, not unless you moved here from the U.K. or somewhere recently. Most people here in the U.S. are are mixed with something. I don't care if you're black, brown, red, 
you know all those racial colors we used to use back in the day. You'll be mixed with something. So if you're practicing authentic ATR, where's your heritage? Where's your lineage? Where's your footprint in that regard? And and, and with that comes that community that, that we're we're discussing right now, that we're offering right now to Steph B. That community of other practitioners, of other priests, of other Aleo, uh, you know, of other uh, initiates. So when you say practicing ATR, that suggests that's already in place. Now, if you're saying I'm practicing ATR, but none of that's in place, I offer that you're not practicing ATR. You might just be appropriating. Just as much as I would be appropriating if I put on a collar right now <laughs> and, and a big, thick Catholic Bible, you know, and, and, and claims to represent Roman Catholicism. Just as much as I would be appropriating if I put on a beanie on my head right now and claim to be an imam, you know, and, and, and speak from one of my well-worn, you know, Qurans, and I had many of them. You know, so too would I be bastardizing and, and appropriating. So too is the young black child, male or female, who refused to get a godparent, who refused to get who refused to initiate into this into this practice, these traditions correctly. They too would be guilty of bastardizing and appropriating the tradition. So again, without knowing you personally, just being honest, your question is loaded. And so someone who is practicing should have figureheads, should have a a hierarchy of elders that they should be able to reach out to, that they should be able to uh, extend their community uh, with. Kiana, my chat is getting all jumbled up on me. Um, sometimes I notice that once we get deep into a show, the chat will start slowing down, highlighting certain posts and getting stuck on those posts and then won't move to any a, a new post that I try and highlight. So give me a moment here. Uh, getting involved in the Haitian community, I think I answered that. Thank you, Steph B. We certainly appreciate you and your question. We appreciate all the questions because you all have the the audacity to ask questions that other people are just sitting in the audience will not ask and, and probably should ask. So I appreciate all all the questions. Yeah, I'm going too far back. I, I, I hear you, Keona. I'm go- yeah, but like 20 minutes back. Uh Why is it hard? Okay, wait a minute. Shade Tree Creative. Why is it so hard to find community? Um, Shade Tree, it has everything to do with our mindset. It, it really does. Um, it has everything to do with white supremacy. It has everything to do with post-traumatic slave disorder. It has everything to do with Uber, meaning really big or really over the top. Uber religious um, 
indoctrination that indeed goes all the way back to enslavement. You know, you had to believe on, on the thread of your life. You had to baptize on the thread of your life. And, and understand, you may not have heard this story before. There were black women who gave those babies up to the ancestors, poised them, threw them in the river, buried them. You know, and of course, if they were caught, then they would then be punished for that too, because that's massive property. That's like throwing away your, your husband's bank account into the river, you know, throwing away massive money into the river. So the idea of now, not only do you want me to birth another slave into the system, but you now want me to give this child over to a religion that I might not necessarily agree, agree with. In fact, I invite you all right now, while you all are binge-watching television shows, we filmed a show here in New Orleans, here in Louisiana, called The Underground. The Underground for television. The Underground. I think it's only one season, maybe eight episodes. I need you all to watch that. I need you all to watch that. The very thing that I'm talking about is in that show. And um, the big mom of the house, I can't remember her name right now, they wanted her and everyone else to participate in this baptism. And she went to see the hoodoo man before she would go to this baptism. It's in the television show Underground. And he gave her a gree to hide on her body so that when she went to this forest, Christian baptism by Master. Master was was forcing all his slaves to be baptized and to convert. Um, She had this Gregory hitting on her body, this mojo hitting on her body. And I don't want to give too much of it away because some of y'all are really going to go watch this. Um, Still, Master could tell. He still could tell. He still called her out for being wicked. He still called her out for being evil. And, and even in the modern context, we know what that means. Oh, that voodoo? Oh, no. Oh, no, I don't do that. Uh-uh, not me. I don't do that. You know what, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> even to, till today, you can't say it out loud, even in New Orleans, even in Louisiana, you can't say it out loud, and you certainly can't mean it. You can joke about it. You can play with it. You can masquerade with it. You can tourism with it. It's just a character. It's just a song. It's just an image. But the minute you say, I'm serious as a heart attack, the minute they say, fill out this insurance form and what's your religion? Voodoo. That's when, that's when all shit hits the fan. (laughs) That's when everything changes. Now it's more than just your hair. Now it's more than just what you look like. Now it's more than just, oh, well, baby, you'll you'll cut those threads eventually. You'll shave that beard, you know, when you get old enough. You know, you don't regret getting that tattoo, you know, when you get 40 or 30. But voodoo is a stain that goes all the way back to the Middle Passage. It's a stain you can't shake, you can't get rid of, and and people don't trust it. And, and, And for somebody as you know, um, Asperger's as I am, logical and, and sort of uniquely wired as I am, I don't get it. I don't get it. 
a, a church-going person, a Christian person, can murder, kill, rape, abuse, pedophile, A, B, and C. And, and you all will still not only send your donation and your offering, but, but stand up and hold that person up. But a person can be yep, racist. Say that he'll be forgiven. Do good, do good for the community, can do good for the poor, can do good for the elderly, can fix and repair, make changes in, in the community. But if you say Buddha, you the devil. That, that's yeah, but everybody be scared of you. They don't want you around. But say you need something. They don't want you around. They be afraid of you. They say you evil. They, they think you're going to curse them. Until you need something. Until you need something. I don't care who high, low, low income, high income, middle class, low class, upper class, until you need something. And then it's hush homes. I'm, I'm listen, I watch y'all's demonstration. Some of y'all not only won't follow, won't like. You don't want people to associate not your real government name. With the voodoo, you don't even want people to associate your fake made-up username with the voodoo. Some of y'all are still living in that kind of terror. Some of y'all are still waiting on the slave catcher to knock on your door. That's not me. My mama in this room is a witness. That's not me. I'm free. (laughs) I'm so free from that. But many of you are not. And it's for that reason it is for that reason that I do what I do and I battle for it. If it's the last thing I do, Buddha will not only be on the same playing field as other religions, if not better, among, uh, among this community. If not the same, better. On my watch. On my watch. It won't, it won't be relegated to foolishness, not on my watch. It won't be relegated to Halloween, not on my watch. It won't be relegated to, to paganism and witchcraft, not on my watch. It won't be relegated to ego magic and shadow work, not on my watch. Not on my watch. We're going to acknowledge the ancestors and God and how God chooses to show up in nature for what it is. For what it is. Long gone are the days of me trying to de- uh, Thrillerize this for you. We're trying to deflate the fear element for you. Because I'm learned that, you know, if people can laugh and smile, then they're not going to respect the voodoo. You have to talk about people dying and people to respect the voodoo. You have to talk about negative stuff happening to people to respect the voodoo. Still, still. And, and that's an extension of the white supremacy, the racism. The religious indoctrination, the idea that all we are and all we have is darkness and evil. And as long as you still allow that to be believed, to be demonstrated on your watch, I personally hold you responsible. I personally hold you connected to that result that we all have to suffer every day. For every minute you remain silent, for every minute you give up an opportunity to re-educate, for every minute you give up the opportunity to change the narrative of what voodoo is and the context in which voodoo is being used, I hold each and every one of you responsibility, hold, hold, hold full responsibility 
for that manifestation, for that demonstration, and ultimately for that change. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. Um, I hope I'm not missing any of my questions. Rebecca Bart. Someone is new on here. But but that is so true, um, and I'm glad that you touched touched on that because it rang true for a lot of us because I'm told that that I need God, and for me, God is not in the sky. When you look at me, you're looking at God in the flesh. So it's not blasphemy to say that, you know. And then they say, oh, well, you're going to put a curse on me. I'm not thinking about you. I'm really not. Put a curse on you for what? For why? How is that going to benefit me? You curse yourself when you did what you did. The people don't understand that. People don't hey, understand don't that at all. Why don't we ask Christians the same question? When you had that first date with a Christian or a Muslim or a Jew or a Gentile or a Hebrew Israelite, how come y'all don't ask them are you going to work any kind of dark magic on me? Are you going to try and bind me in any way? Are you going to try and harm me magically in any way? How come y'all don't ask people of other religions that? Because and how come we don't things? ask where you say from? Who they tell you that you say? Well, what are what are you what are you say from? From what? We never ask that question to this day. And that's an initiation when you join the church. When you go down and give your life, who are you giving your life to? Who are you giving your life for? What is baptism? They don't ask none of that. They just go down there. Just yes, sir. We free now. Thank you, Rob Stone. That's that's a great contribution. People just you know, people are growing weed in their basement. Weed in their closet, but every day I get a, I get a new excuse from somebody about why they can't um, grow food or grow herbs or grow something that's uh, healthy or edible or, or, or usable. We, we have an excuse for everything that we can't uh, that we can't figure out how to how to take a shortcut for. So I appreciate that growing romaine and watercress and and peppermint in, in your closet. Uh, that's great. That's great. Um, Neophyte Bocour. I don't know if that show is on Hulu or not. Um, Buried World. I, I really don't. If you search it and, and you find out that it is, let me know. But um, as far as I know, it's not on Hulu. I've watched it, but I've watched it on YouTube. The Travel yeah, Channel is on Hulu, so all you got to do is go to the Travel Channel and look for the show. This fly is getting on my last nerves. Now, I don't do flies very well, y'all. <laughs> I can handle a mosquito sooner than I can a fly. But I believe there should be a title protection in ATR. Um, I do... However, I don't know how that would be, how that would happen. Um, I know, for instance, when we look at the church or we look at even the mosque, um, how easy is it to, to pretend to be 
something you're not. To, to pretend to be that that uh, minister or that imam that, that you really aren't. I think it's almost impossible to do um, in the in the mob. It can be done, I think, to some degree in the church, uh, but then there's always that question, that right hand of fellowship, you know, uh, are you coming as a newcomer? Are you coming on Christian experience? You know, and then nowadays, today, these churches got your tax paperwork, your Social Security numbers, so it might even be a little more difficult today to masquerade, you know, be a Southern preacher, but you traveling up north going from church to church. You know, you might get away with that for a minute with all this new technology, but I would, I would assume it would be harder to do. So within our community, um, that has been protected. I'm, I'm still answering um, protecting title, uh, title protection ACR. That has been protected by participation. So you, you, you go through the initiation, you gain access to a house, and then there's, especially in Cuba, especially in, 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 the, in the Latin and Hispanic community, they've got a role. They know who was there. They know who saw you sit on the mat. They know what Odu was thrown when you sat on the mat. They know what other practitioners, what other elders were present when you sat there on the mat. And that's why we have our ceremonies and initiations here at the house a few times a year. That way my godchildren who are doing the studying, who are doing the learning and the initiation process can not only interact with each other, but also interact with other elders, leaders, practitioners um, within, the, within the tradition, within the tradition. That's how we protected titles within ATR um, traditionally by witness. And by noting who the witnesses are. But in this current environment of not wanting to accept authority, not wanting to accept elders, not wanting to accept uh, other figureheads, you know, and when it comes to validating this, then of course that's going to make it difficult for this modern. A uh, group of people who who don't want strings tying them to any particular group, you know, and or organization, and so that makes that very difficult. Uh, makes it very difficult. Uh, let's see. I feel like I'm missing something in the conversation. Um, I don't see what's wrong about what. Charlotte Eru said, Christianity was forced upon the masses by the European Council of Messiah to confuse the descendants of the original people, rendering the, them incapable of returning to the ancient ways of existing on earth. What's wrong about that? Now, that person was a troll. I blocked them. They, they yeah, weren't what's real. What, what's, what's not true about that? Okay. Not only is there nothing wrong with it, but it's, it's absolutely true. And, you know, I don't, I don't debate the, the Bible with most people. I don't find most people to be uh, qualified 
to debate the Bible with me, most people ain't qualified to debate the Bible with my mother, who I've watched study the Bible with 10 books surrounding her feet, you know, your Latin dictionary and your Hebrew dictionary and your Amharic dictionary and then your Bible dictionary and then your thesaurus. And, you know, that's how you study scriptural books. And most people aren't qualified to do that who want to argue the Bible or argue religion, particularly in a, in a space like this. So thank you uh, for that, Keona. <laughs> thank you, beloved. This has been a really great show. I appreciate the participation. I participate. The I appreciate the questions. I appreciate my callers. This has been a really, really great show. I don't show. think you should become and a I member on Patreon. Say that again. I thought I was just chiming in and say, don't forget to become a member on Patreon. Yeah, I would appreciate that. Um, some of you have, about a half a dozen of you have already got on board at Patreon. I do appreciate all of you all's uh, commentary and responses. Thank you, Chef Bougie. I- I'm getting your comments. <clears throat> Without you all, I really wouldn't know how to operate this, this, uh, this platform you know, in a way that's uh, <laughs> proficient without you all's uh, support and you all's comments and you all's uh, commentary. Um, I like what I'm getting. I like what I'm hearing. Some of you are, are really pleased, even now, with what I'm posting on Patreon. So if you're not a subscriber, you might want to be. Uh, I will continue with my secrets and mysteries and recipes and all those things that you all like to talk about here on the show that I temper, we let that go in the Patreon. We let that go in the description uh, services. So I appreciate everyone's interest and in, in joining up with uh, Hooden Central by way of Patreon. Listen, I'm going to move forward. I do have um, a couple appointments that I really need to cover. Um, and I'm grateful for each and every one of you being present, showing up, showing out, asking your questions, your comments, your requests. Um, Erico850, uh, you're going to be my last caller. Who's calling and where are you calling from? You said 850? Yeah, did you have a question or a comment? Yes, I did. Uh, my question was for a person that's interested in practicing voodoo. I see that there you have voodoo, Haitian voodoo, New Orleans voodoo, and uh, et cetera. How would you uh, then dictate what genre of voodoo would you enter? Okay, that's a great question. Now, now, first of all, it's all voodoo. That's the first thing. It's all voodoo. Um, it has its roots in West Africa, Togo, Benin, Nigeria, Ghana, Cameroon. We know by way of the Middle Passage, it made its way into West, uh, into uh, Haiti. Uh, because of the mountainous region and the way South America sort of set up, uh, they were able to develop an organized practice of voodoo in Haiti, just as the Cubans were afforded an opportunity to set up an organized practice of, of Yoruba-based Ifa in, in, in Cuba. But that's where really uh, the distinctions begin in. There are some characteristic differences 
about how voodoo is done in West Africa, in Haiti versus Louisiana, for instance. Uh, West Africa, they still use the shells. They still use the palm nuts. You can't have voodoo without ifa, and you can't have ifa without voodoo. But in Haiti, you don't see an outward sign of ifa. You don't see an outward sign of, of the Odu in, in Haiti. At most, you see possession as a form of, of divination and communicating with spirit, and then regular card games. You know, you, every now and then you see a picture or video of, of, a, of a black woman throwing out a whole deck of cards, much akin to how we might read tarot. That's not voodoo. So they, they don't have very many differences outside of language, linguistics. The, the argument over you is an argument over language. It's an argument over whether you speak French or not. What need would a, an English-speaking African-American have for you? It doesn't make the voodoo less authentic if it, if it, if it has a, a you in it or not. When I speak with my Togolese brothers and sisters, they say voodoo with four O's, and they speak French. They're not all that caught up in, in the U and the O. That's a trick here in the West that has primarily arose out of social media and sort of the, the need to battle each other and, and authenticate and inauthenticate various people. And so part of the argument, and I'm going to say from the last 20 years, have been over the usage of a U and an O. And really that has very little to do with contextually what voodoo is at all. So it's about language differences. So West African voodoo is obviously going to use some, some more airway and some more fond than we might use. You know, Haitians are comfortable speaking Haitian Creole, but then when you understand the, the houses within the voodoo that they practice, they're also pulling from ethnic groups. Just like... Um, 21 Division, which you don't hear a whole lot about that uh, in, in Santa uh, Domingo in, in, in Dominican Republic. Same island as Haiti, but a different nation. You never hear any arguments about 21 Division. And within 21 Division, that Dominican system, they acknowledge the Igbo, the Ewe, the Fon, as it is a manifestation of a house in, in voodoo, a path in voodoo. Well, that same thing is done in Haitian voodoo, but, but it's not talked about a lot. You don't hear it a lot, and particularly at the pop cultural level, because many people at the cultural level would not know this to even discuss it. Um, so often the argument is over a URO, is over uh, language usage, and has very little to do contextually to what voodoo really is. Once we start looking at what voodoo is, from an archaeological perspective, the serpent travels directly from Weed Benin to New Orleans. We know this to be a fact. We, we, we have the paperwork now to validate the first ship that brought enslaved Africans to Louisiana came from the bite, what they call the Bright of Benin, which is where Benin and Togo sort of meet and, and, and intersect. Um, and we then carried on that Dom, Dambala, 
serpentine dance and serpentine worship here in a way that's not done in, in Haiti at all, even with the symbolism of Dambala being so prominent. You don't see the snake dance a whole lot. You might see it at certain festivals, and, and then we're talking about a completely different context, like Ra-Ra, ancestral uh, Ra-Ra. But that's pretty much it. Now, of course, we have to consider under enslavement, what was the environment like? What were we like? What were we allowed to do or not do? How were we allowed to gather or not gather? Louisiana sets itself apart from the rest of America. Well, of course, it wasn't called America then. But from the rest of the South, in that we had Congo Square right across the street here from my house, in which we were allowed to drum, to gather, to, to remember our drum codes and our drum beats and our drum rhythms. Now, now, Carla, I also like to say that if we could count in Fon, if you knew how to count in Fon and Airway, and Yoruba, then you know how to count on this side of the water. You just force them to do it in English or in Portuguese or in Spanish. And so we could remember how to count and we could remember those drum beats that they allowed us to drum in Congo Square, then we would have remembered our God. We, were, we would have remembered our ritual days. We would have remembered our, our herbal concoctions. But the stories tell it like we didn't have that. The stories tell it like somehow the African-American is the most bastardized out of all the enslaved Africans. And so we, we ain't got no memory of no gods. We ain't got no memory of no music. We ain't got no memory of no past. We ain't got no memory of no nothing. If we believe what the books say, if we believe what other black folks say, if we certainly believe what, what white supremacists have said, you know, but, but we know that now archaeologically not to be true. We know that now not to be factual. So the difference is language, French, English. The difference is geographic, how Ifa is practiced in, in Nigeria, in Osogbo land. It's not the same as how it's practiced in Oyo land. It's not the same as how it's practiced in Cuba. It's not the same as how it's practiced in, in Brazil. But somehow when it comes to voodoo, we think that that's got to be somewhat specific and perfected and it must look like Haiti. And, and, and that's just not the case. It's just not the case. Um, I would also say if that's, you know, the path, the journey that you're looking into, you looking into, um, be clear about your lineage. I said it at the top of the show. I say it in almost every show in my house. Lineage is key. Lineage is necessary. Whether it's uh, ATR practicing white woman or anybody else, lineage in this house is, is necessary. We don't move forward in training and study and initiation without it. Otherwise, you're just a whole other generation of people jumping on the Lukumi bandwagon, jumping on the Yoruba Orisha bandwagon, and you might not be Yoruba at all. And when I got my DNA done. I found some Yoruba. I got a little bit more Igbo, but I had a whole lot of airway, a whole lot of voodoo, quote unquote, voodoo ethnic group standing up in my in my DNA chart. So that's really how you determine by divination and also by lineage. That that's how you determine. 
uh, what path? That's a common question I get. What path should I be following? Which house should I be joining? And often underneath that, they really want to know which one is going to be easiest for me to navigate, which one is going to be easier for me to make my way into. Uh, And the reality is that they're all equally challenging. And lineage is critical, critical. Um, Even here in Louisiana, not all of us came by way of Haiti. Not all of us. Some of us got off and debarked the ship somewhere else in the Caribbean and made your way here. Somewhere else in, in Mexico and made your way here. Don't assume just because it's a French Creole, Spanish Creole colony that everybody came through, through Haiti. How come we don't invoke Spanish ancestors? You all do know that Louisiana was Spanish-owned, and then it was French-owned, and Spanish-owned, and it was a French-owned, and then it became America. We all of that. We all of that. So, And we've always had all of that here. Airway, Europe, Yoruba, Cuban, we've always had all of that here in New Orleans. So what you're seeing is not some new, modern, mixed-up, gumbo creation of, of New Orleans voodoo. You're seeing something that's always been done here, that's always been manifest here, you know, to some degree. And now, with everyone having access to a passport, everyone having access to the Internet, everyone having access to the World Wide Web, we're just seeing a different face of it now, a different look of it now, a different manifestation of it now. But there is a reason, Carla, that West African priests are coming to New Orleans to see me. It's a reason they're coming from Osoko to see me. It's a reason they're coming from Benin to see me. And I say that with no ego and no arrogance. All praise to the ancestors. All praise to the ancestors because it's the power and the knowledge of the ancestors that I'm pulling from. The ancestors. I'm going all the way back to the root and, and, and making that relevant for us now. Making it relevant for us today. Um, I also offer you, beloved, that most people can't learn Yoruba or learn uh uh, Spanish or learn uh, Portuguese or, or, or learn many of these foreign languages, Haitian Creole, to even begin to say, I'm going somewhere to study, to learn in some short period of time and then come back fulfilled. So I also uh, go out of my way, make first attempt, efforts to make the practice, the language, the tradition. Um, usable to the English-speaking African-American. And I teach all these languages often at the same time. So you're learning a little bit of Creole, you're learning a little bit of Yoruba, you're learning a little bit of French, you learn a little bit of Airway, usually all at the same time, depending on where we are in your study, in your instruction. I begin all of my study in English, because we speak English, and I began all of my study in Yoruba because the Yoruba are the most prolific in terms of bookwork, literature, researchable, findable information online. But even with that, you're going to find a great 
I love about it being translated from Yoruba straight into Spanish without any mention of the English. Uh, I shared with some of my uh, subscribers and, and Patreon uh, a book uh, that's out, very popular in book, um, that's only in Latin, Yoruba, just for the cover, it ain't no English anywhere in this book. And so if you're not willing to learn these languages, expose yourself to these languages, um, learning this is a challenge for many people. And so that's why the the Orisha romance and the young black witches and, you know, that, that, that seems to be real popular. It, it shows itself as a shortcut, a bit of a shortcut. Uh, it, it's misunderstood as being somehow easy or easier, um, and in, in some circles, it's considered legitimate un- until people find out better. Uh, until people uh, better. Greetings, greetings, beloved. Greetings, believe, beloved Khalifa. So I'm going to move forward. Thank you. That was a great question for you to pop in on me too. By the way, as I was trying to politely back my way out of the room. But that was a real, uh, that was a great question. Um, your mic is still open. Did you want to respond to that? Did you have something else you want to say? Uh, yeah, the only thing I was going to ask from you is so we can determine, is it possible we can determine lineage through divination? Yes. Lineage, let me be clear if I wasn't already. Traditionally, meaning before DNA became uh, irrelevant, that's all we had. Uh, outside of, you know, you being born in a particular place in the world and knowing who your people were, that's all we had, particularly here in the West. And even when you think about the Latin community, they're still, their black family or their brown family was not decimated the way ours was. So you have the average Cuban Lukumi practitioner can recite their lineage back several generations. Not just blood lineage, but who initiated them, who initiated, who initiated them, and, and, and onwards, um, uh, if you will. Whereas with us, divination is great, and I, and I often use divination, but what sets me apart now from other houses, from other practitioners, is the usage of divination. See, if I said divination was enough, Everybody would be doing the divination. You wouldn't be calling me. You wouldn't need me. So somebody else would make up their own little way of doing it. But now that at least here we've married those things together, it's a path that can't be bastardized. And so that DNA test, and the DNA test, you know, depending on when you order it, $79, you know, it's not a lot to ask for in the context of what people are going to spend often in initiation, legitimate or fake initiations over the long term. So it, it even comes out to be more practical to marry those two things together, you know, so that we get a much more reliable, much more accurate lineage footprint, you know, for who your people are and for what you are now bringing forward into the world. We are not all bringing forward that Yoruba vibration. We're not all bringing forward that Lukomi Cubano vibration. You know, and, and there are many other ethnic groups. There are 200 ethnic groups, say, just in the country of Nigeria. So there's so many other ethnic groups that are being overlooked, that are being denied, 
that are being silenced, if you will, in our ancestral work and divination, because some of us are just not willing to do that work, to go that extra mile to clarify lineage, to be sure about lineage. Listen, I'm going to move forward. I, I have to. I got other appointments that I've got to respond to. I've got God children I need to respond to today. I've got some ancestral divination to start um, with some new practitioners, some new students. I'm always honored, humbled, grateful for your showing up here at High Noon, U.S. Central Standard Time for another edition of Evolutionary Revolutionary Hoodoo, New Orleans Food and Secrets and Recipes. I will do my best to connect with you again here tomorrow. When it all is true, it is a blessing if you can just see beyond the veils. I do accept your request, your private and, and personal request at Divine Prince at HouseOfTheDivinePrince.com. You can also visit my website at www.HouseOfTheDivinePrince.com. And if you are still trying to use Psychic World, just basic readings and conversations, I, I can't do ancestral work and divination by way of uh, psychic world. One, they will get half the revenue, which I really need in order to acquire your implements and, and your tools. Um, and two, why should we then leak our information out to a public site like that? So I only use that site for consultation, reading, tarot readings, basic uh, voodoo divination readings. But if you're interested in initiating Ancestral work and divination, work cleansing, specific work. I need you to visit me at my website. Until next time, all truly and indeed a blessing. I say all. A dash of cayenne to the root. Gonna put on my Greek grease suit Boil a gumbo Hot and steady Don't care if ready, ready Gonna pray at that old cemetery Down on Claiborne where she's buried Build a fire on the bayou When a black cat scratch at two Under a full moon that's blue Chant some magic words, Kufaru A dash of cayenne to the roof Gonna put on my Greek grease suit Black top hat, black suit too, single rod that Moses through. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black shades too. A dash of cayenne to the roof. 
gonna put on my green, green suit. Black top hat, black suit too, same old ride that Moses threw. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black shades too. Going free at the old cemetery, down on Claiborne where she's buried. A dash of cayenne. To the roof Gonna put on my Greek grease Yeah Black top hat Black suit too Same old ride that Moses threw I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you Can't see my eyes, black sheets too Gonna pray at that old cemetery Down on Claiborne where she's buried A dash of cayenne to the room Gonna put on my green suit 